Hey, what's up, Stay Tuners? It's your good friend Jimbo here, letting you know that today's podcast is presented by Podgo. Podgo is the easiest way for you to monetize your podcast, providing podcasters with a flat rate for ad space so you always know how much you get when you include an ad from Podgo. I recently joined as a member, and you can too. Apply today and let them know that you heard it from Stay Tuned Sports and you start earning today. That's podgo.co at P-O-D-G-O dot C-O. Now here's the best Stay Tuned Sports Podcast. And hello there and happy New Year's Eve, everyone out there. Welcome back to another episode of Stay Tuned Sports. It's your good friend Jimbo here. Coming back down from a eventful Christmas. Um, you know, Christmas gifts and all that lovely stuff. Hopefully you guys all got your... Stuff from Santa Claus and all that, all that lovely, lovely stuff. Um, got some of my Funko dolls, Pop dolls for Mandalorian. My wife got me that stuff. Plus a, a meat grinder so I can start doing my kibasi. But I'm sure you guys don't want to hear about all that stuff. Probably want to hear me talking about NFL and upcoming Notre Dame Alabama game. Hopefully it's a better game than what it was with Clemson, but. Uh, before we head into the show, head over to staytunesports.net. That way you can follow all of our social media accounts, which is on the right-hand side there. Um, and up on the top there is the merch tab. I actually have a new logo uh, just made up this past weekend. You're going to start seeing that hopefully on the Stay Tuned Sports iRacing cars and the iRacing trucks of Josh Sobel and Scott Crump. So I'm getting that all set up. And, you know, we'll have some t-shirts and everything like that as well. So, uh, jumping into it, you know, I was thinking about trying to figure out, you know, the best, you know, top story, uh, sports stories of 2020, but I'm like, 2020 kind of sucked. <laughs> I mean, let's all be honest. I mean, you know, coronavirus uh, halted sports back in March with, you know, the NBA, then, then hockey followed suit and baseball started late UFC you know they did their own thing they quote bought an island even though it wasn't an island it was just land you know when you think of land you think of like Gilligan's Island Island but uh here we are 2020 um football season this last week of the season this week which will probably eh, maybe be our last blue picks I'm trying to figure out how how to incorporate Maybe hockey and basketball into it too, since hockey will be starting in two weeks, I believe. I think January 17th is the uh, opening night, which is kind of interesting for my Flyers because they actually open up at home. Gotta move my, my chair over a little bit there. Um, at home against the Pittsburgh Penguins. Wednesday night hockey at 5.30 in the afternoon. So I'll actually be able to get uh, a chance to watch them. Hopefully the Flyers have a better season than my Eagles and the way the Phillies are sounding better than they are. 
So this past weekend in the NFL, uh, Jacksonville Jaguars locked up the number one seed, or yeah, number one seed, number one draft pick spot, which was occupied by the Jets for, what was it, 14 weeks? They went 0-14 before they, they won a game, which put Jacksonville up there, and then beat the Cleveland Browns this past weekend, barely, with Cleveland not having any receivers on the team because of COVID. So, Jacksonville Jaguars are number one. Jets are number two. And now the question becomes, will Trevor Lawrence enter the draft? Now, he could go back to Clemson for his senior year. I know a few weeks ago, he made a statement of you know holding off and seeing what he wants to do and all this other stuff. And people kind of read it as if the Jets draft me or if the Jets are in the number one spot to take um, to take him, he will come back for his senior year. Now with the Jaguars, I think it might be a little bit more enticing. Um, Jacksonville may be looking at a new head coach after this season. And if you look at the team, it's not all that bad. I mean, it's a very, very young team. Right now, it's bad because they're all, like I said, they're young. You know, offensively, they're only scoring like 20 points a game or so. Their defense, which they traded for a few people, you'd think that defense would have been a lot better. Is actually giving up 30 points a game, which could be because of the offense not being that good. But if you look at that offense, they have a running back that has over 1,000 yards rushing, when was the last time, you know, three, four years ago, maybe? So he's he. if the Jaguars were to draft Trevor Lawrence, he's already walking in with a good running game, which we're seeing with the Eagles, at least in the first half of Jalen Hurts starts, which I'll get to. The running game is taking pressure off of Jalen Hurts. Running game is a quarterback's best friend keeps those defenders out of that box or I mean up up in the box worried about the run which then opens up over the top then if you look at the receivers yeah I mean they're not household names but they have two of them that have over 600 yards receiving and then when you factor in two that the Jaguars have the number one draft pick plus I believe either a late first round pick or a early second round pick to add more weapons to that offense or build up the offensive line to make sure Trevor Lawrence doesn't get beat up too bad like a David Carr or you know Carson Wentz the past two years or and Jalen Hurts I mean he got sacked a, quite a few times uh, against Arizona and they have $75 million in cap space. So, I mean, they they are, are loaded if they can land Trevor Lawrence. Now, here's my only thing. And I've said this a couple times. You know, you, you hear a lot of people saying, oh, he's a generation, you know, generational talent, you know, once in a lifetime type talent. I don't think he's that good. I don't think he's going to be a Tom Brady. I don't think he's going to be a Peyton Manning. But he's going to be better than what the Jaguars are putting out there now. 
Now on the flip side, would he have been better to go to the Jets? Absolutely not. That that team is so terrible from top to bottom. I mean, yes, they got a good handful of draft picks themselves. But how is Adam Gase still have a job? He went 0-14. His record was just as terrible last year. How does he still have a job? So I, if I was Lawrence, I'd be worried that they would keep him around another year. And I would pull, pull a Eli Manning, um, Philip Rivers, or I'm sorry, Ryan Leaf uh, situation. You know, and just sit out. But with the Jaguars, I think he's going into a, a very good situation there. If they draft him. I mean, hey, stranger things have happened. Well, you know, let's let's not forget Mike Ditka and Ricky Williams unloading his whole draft just to pick him. Uh, this coming Friday, I should say tomorrow, if you guys are listening to this on Thursday, we have the semifinal college playoff games kicking off with Notre Dame versus Alabama. Notre Dame, a huge underdog, 19.5 point favorite, uh, underdogs. And you know what? Rightfully so, especially after how they played against Clemson and how well Alabama's been playing. Um, this is going to be an uphill battle. I think this is going to be more of a challenge than the Clemson game. And a lot of questions may be brought up after this game, too, if Notre Dame loses as bad as everybody thinks they're going to. Now, if you, if you go down the stats and look at the stats, I mean, we're outmatched. Let's be honest here. Let, you know, we're completely outmatched from top to bottom. Ian Book, his passing yards are nowhere near Alabama's quarterback. Uh, Najee Harris has 24 touchdowns on the year. I mean, he's a beast of the backs going in the first round. You know, I mean, you could probably count how many first-round players they have on that, that team on two hands. Notre Dame, you probably count on three fingers, if you're lucky. The only way I see Notre Dame pulling up the biggest upset is their corners got a lockdown. Trevor Lawrence exposed them when they played uh, two weeks ago. And they got to get pressure on that quarterback, knock them around, make them force some some. Uh, throws and maybe get some turnovers and then Ian Book's got to play lights out quarterback play can't be turned the ball over we got to get the running game going running game's been our our strength all year once we get that running game going Ian Book seems to settle in there and gets the the offense going but I mean we got to play a perfect perfect game and here's my question is if Notre Dame loses to Alabama, especially if it's a, a huge blowout, at what point does Notre Dame start questioning about Kelly? Very good, very good regular season coach. Um, I think he's, what, third most wins in uh, Notre Dame history, coaching-wise. But you look at his title game record. 2012, Alabama got blown out. Um, 
Clemson, what, two years ago, blown out. Just two weeks ago, got blown out. You know, so the questions are going to start, I think, coming up if he doesn't pull off a win somehow here. And, I mean, at some point, you know, you got you got to show that you're, you're more than just a regular season coach. You know, you're, you're, you're a championship coach. You don't get hired by these teams just to win regular season games. They, they're just like the NFL and Major League Baseball. They're hiring you to win championships, which brings more money to them, brings more talented players to the, the program. Not just the regular seasons. So, how do I think this game's going to go? I mean, I'll be completely honest. I'm going to tune in. We will be going on Podbean Live again. Seems like you guys are having some good interactions with us and some good good arguments there. Um, just like last week or two weeks ago with Chill Wilt arguing with us over Ohio State. Obviously, he was an Ohio State fan. But make sure you guys uh, download the Podbean app. That way you guys could chime in and listen to us. But... I don't have... I'm keeping my my expectations low. I'm expecting a blowout. I'm expecting what everybody's expecting. I will be beyond happy and, and probably maybe even crying a little bit that if we pull off the upset and beat Alabama because I still remember 2012 sitting next to King at my dad's bar with about three minutes left in the game saying... Is the game over yet? Because I kept saying to him, you know, we still have a chance. Still have a chance. Yeah. That's how drunk I was. So this past week was Jalen Hurts' third, not third, third start of his NFL career. Going up against... Jesus Christ, who did they play? It was just that bad of a game that... No, oh, Dallas Cowboys. Um, it was just that bad of a game that I just... Pretty much zoned out of the game. Um, typical Jalen Hurts start. You know, really good first half. And then second half just got clamped down. And it was funny because Deshaun Jackson made his... Comeback. Not even a comeback. He was only targeted one play. But that play mattered. 81-yard touchdown. And after the game, uh, Doug Peterson said that his um, injury was starting to flare up again. So that's why he got uh, basically put on a pitch count. But went up 14 nothing, And then just stalled and here's the thing that I was worried about too was after going up 14 nothing, I started thinking that that may have been all their scripted plays you know how they always talk about having 15 to 20 scripted plays and then the second half came about and the Cowboys just ran away with it um, I believe they, they outscored us like 27 to 
to three or something like that. I mostly blame this game on Doug Peterson, especially after watching his uh, post-game press conference. And I blame Jim Swartz. So the first half, even, our cornerback, Jaquette, was getting torched by a, a third-string wide receiver, Michael Gallup, who plays behind C.D. Lamb and Amari Cooper. At what point do you say, okay, you know, he's not the answer there. We got to pull him. We got to bench him. No, they waited till the second half after the game was starting to get away from them, which actually really wasn't. Was, they were only down by 10. The, the running game, first half was doing really well. And then all of a sudden, typical Eagles game, just left. And that, that I blame Doug Peterson for. But the next day I saw um, Ruben Frank, the one Philly reporter, writer, uh, post on Twitter a stat that was quite interesting. You know, a, a lot of people said that Wentz was the problem and having a terrible year and, you know, no one wants to play for him this and that. Now, if you, if you really look back at all the games he played in, Offensive always started off slow, and then he would come on in the second uh, second half. Well, here's a little thing about Jalen Hurts. Jalen Hurts' first half stats in his, in his first three starts, passing 63% with five touchdowns, no INTs, has 123 passer rating with 54 points in the first half. Second half... 49% passing completion, one touchdown, three INTs, 58.3 passer rating with 13 points. So obviously, and this is not a bash, you know, let's bash Jalen Hurts here. This is just proven that it's not just the quarterback position. Both quarterbacks are having issues, which is because of talent that you have around, you know, offensive line injuries, you know, Peterson for two weeks now has admitted that those injuries are affecting um, the offense. And also penalties. We had six false starts in this game. Week 15. Or week 16, I'm sorry. By this point, all those small, you know, timing issues should be out and, and done. Now, is it Jalen Hurts not being loud enough? Is it, you know, what is it? You know, at this point, everybody should be on the same page. I will say, though, about Jalen Hurts, you know, so just, just so you guys don't think I'm completely bashing him and all this stuff, because I don't think he's a bad quarterback. I just don't think the quarterback position is the main problem of this team. But... In the first half, the, the touchdown that he he stepped out on the two or three yard line, that looked like he made it in. I'll give him kudos, man. He saw just the cornerback sitting there waiting for him at the goal line and just put his head down and trucked him. Like I said, granted, he stepped out the two or three yard line, but that showed he's not afraid to push for those extra yards. 
now if we could only get better talent around these two I think I, I don't I don't think there's a way you could keep both of these guys on the same same team next year just because of all the drama that caused this year. Um, I don't think we could get a first round pick for Jalen Hurts, but I think we could get definitely a third, maybe recoup the second that we used on him. And going into the season when we knew that we were going to be in salary cap hell next season. There was always talks of, you know, Carson Wentz possibly restructuring his contract, Fletcher Cox, um, Zach Ertz. I don't see Carson Wentz restructuring it, especially after this year. So you're, you're going to make him the scapegoat and then come back to us and say, hey, we need you to make, take a pay cut to help out the team here to get underneath. No. If that was, if that was me, and you're trying to repair our relationship, I'm telling you, trade me. Trade me to the Jets, even. Just get me out of here. And for some of these former players to say he's not mentally tough, how can he not be mentally tough? Look at all the major injuries he had to endure on top of the shadow of Nick Foles, now with the shadow of Jalen Hurts, and a GM that hasn't helped him at all. So, this week we have the Washington Redskins. Again, I'm torn about this game. If we I think if we lose, we get a top 5 pick, but we're guaranteed a top 10 pick right now. I want to see Alex Smith make it to the playoffs and, you know, do his best to win a Super Bowl. So, the division is still open. Dallas is playing the Giants. Philly's playing Washington. If Washington beats us, Washington wins the division. If Washington loses, whoever wins the Dallas Giants game wins the division. If Alex Smith is not starting, I'm rooting for my Eagles. If he's starting, I'm rooting for the Redskins. Well, no, no. I'm rooting for Alex Smith. Sorry, I can't say the R word no more. And if I really had a roof for anything, I actually would roof for the Cowboys just so they could screw up their draft pick and, and win the division. Because they could get anywhere from a 12th to 15th draft pick. Or if they win the division, they get 20th or lower draft pick. So hopefully Dallas kind of just screws himself somehow. So before we go, this will be our last NFL blue picks for the season. Fourth and five. Jones steps up, takes off, he's in! Touchdown! Third down and three. Jackson has all day. Looking deep for Hollywood Brown again. He's got it! Brown off to the races! And he stays on his feet! Touchdown! And here is your blue picks of the week. Brought to you by Skunk Duck Studios, the best ducking designs on the web. That's right. So, actually, for the last week of the season, I kept my notes from last week to see how I actually did as far as the blue pick. So, last week, I took the Bills over to Patriots. We all know how that ended. 
Bears over the Jags. We all know how that ended. And then I went for the upset with the Giants over the Ravens. Didn't work out as well as I was hoping for. So if last week was any indication of how I've been doing this year, eh, 60% is not bad. So this week, we are doing our week 17 blue picks and just to kind of go back over what they are the blowout is any any team that beats the other team by nine points or more lock is obviously you know the team's gonna win it upset is anybody that is a five point or more underdog and upsets the team so to kick it off for the blowout i have the colts over the jags like i said earlier Jags are just too, too young yet. yet. Um, not sure if all the talent's there yet, but it's starting to get there. Plus, Colts being a 14-point favorite just tells you how good and how much better the Colts are to the Jaguars. Plus, Indy is fighting for a playoff spot, but they do have a lot of ways to make it to the playoffs. So I don't see... I don't think they're going to say any starters at any point unless it's like a 40 to nothing game like the the Buccaneers Lions game this past week that was freaking terrible then for my lock pick I have Baltimore over the Bengals Baltimore's favored by 13 last time uh, the Ravens played Cincinnati a few weeks ago they actually lost the uh, Bengals lost 27 to 3 and talent wise you know you just don't know I mean they're young but is the right talent there yet you know, we, we see, like the Jaguars, like I said, they have a good running back. We see the talent there already. Joe Burrow, he was showing promise until he had the the bad leg uh, leg injury. And then, much like the Colts, the Ravens basically hold their fate in their own hands. Win, and they're in. My upset pick is the same upset pick I did the last time these two teams played each other. Taking the Browns over... The Steelers, Browns are 10-point underdog. They lost to the Jets last week, even though they basically had the Peanuts guy as a wide receiver. Um, they're fighting for a playoff spot, you know, much like the rest of these teams. And it came out that Big Ben is sitting this week. So it's going to be interesting, too, if how the whole Miles Garrett um, Rudolph meetup uh, goes. Is there going to be another brawl where Miles Garrett and Rudolph learned a lesson from each other? So that is my final NFL 2020 season blue pick. Definitely will bring it back next year. Like I said, I may bring it out here or there um, with hockey season right around the corner. But Head over to staytunesports.net. That way you could click our social medias there. And uh, I think even the Podbean uh, link is there too. Um, merch tabs up top. Want to wish all you guys that are listening and girls happy holidays. Please be safe. Don't drink and drive. Let's try to end this year on a good note.